really bad news for those who followed the Colts in the 90s and were fans of that 1995 team that went to the AFC Championship in Pittsburgh. Really bad news. I got a great story about the bad news, though. <clears throat> Tony Siragusa, dead at the age of 55. I got a great goose story. The NBA drafts tonight. The Pacers, they got a chance to go get somebody impactful for the first time in a long time in the draft. The draft has not been kind to the, to the Pacers over the last few years. Tonight is the night that Kevin Pritchard can make up for all of that and get this one right. I think he's going to get it right, but it's a little bit complicated. We'll talk about what needs to happen for Jaden Ivey to become the fourth overall pick and nest right here with the Indiana Pacers. Cubs won last night, too. It was a laugher, 14-5. to five. Um, You know, they're all laughters, or laughers. Either the Cubs, they get killed, or the Cubs kill. You know, they don't win a lot of 3 nothing games or 2-1 games or 4-3 to three games. That's not the way this season's going. Either the Cubs score 14 or they allow 14. That's just the way it is. And again, people are talking nationally about nothing but Kyrie Irving, and I cannot think of anyone or anything that is more irrelevant to the future of the NBA than Kyrie Irving. This is Breakfast with Kent for Thursday. June 23rd, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution. It's how it works, and they execute that solution perfectly every time. Call Jared Johnson, 765-610-8809. That's the number. Smash that subscribe button. Ring the bell. Hit the like button. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. And if you want to donate, you ask a question. I'll answer it immediately. It's what we do. Just hit the thanks button. I appreciate it. Tony Saragusa, old number 98, undrafted free agent out of Pitt. He's dead at the age of 55. He was active on Twitter until recently, so I don't think that this was uh, something that was expected. He and a cousin, I think, were at a casino, and there was tweeting anyway. Tony Saragusa, let's talk about the football first. Tony Saragusa was a really good defensive tackle for seven years for the Indianapolis Colts and then for five years for the Baltimore Ravens, parts of really, really good defenses. Uh, with the Ravens in 2000, that was one of the best defenses in the history of the NFL. I have them ranked second all-time in terms of defense, and Goose was a big part of that. Goose was a guy who could not be moved in the middle. During those first seven years that he played for the Indianapolis Colts, he was kind of a big deal, and fans just loved him. I mean, Tony Siragusa was a big, giant fella in the middle of the line. He didn't like coming to training camps, so he held out at training camps periodically just so he didn't have to show up because he didn't like it. Then he would show up, and he'd ball out, and he was really, really good. He had a terrific 1994 uh, for those seven years. It was really hard to run against the Colts because Goose was an immovable object in the middle of that line and he allowed guys because they needed he needed to be double teamed to keep where he was and and allow quarterbacks to step up in the pocket and allow defensive ends to kind of get to the quarterback at a relatively high level anyway. Tony Saragusa, a teammate of his that we did business with. I worked at WIBC Radio. We did a deal with Tony Saragusa. Tony had come in 
spend an hour with Dave the King Wilson periodically. And uh, that was the last year that he was here. And so that deal was kind of short-lived because he went and played for the Ravens. Anyway, we did deals with, with all kinds of Colts. And during a lunch that uh, we had with a Colt, um, we asked for asked the guy about, you know, who's your favorite teammate? He said, i got to tell you the truth. It's Tony Saragusa, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm a rookie in the NFL, and we play in Miami. It's a 1 o'clock game. We take the team flight back, and at that point, the like buses did not meet the team charter out on the tarmac, herd guys into the buses, and take them back to the, the complex, as is the case now. Um, you, they got dropped off at the gate, they got in their cars, and they went home. Maybe part of the reason why buses meet the plane and they get back to the team complex has to do with what happened when the team got back from Miami on this day in the mid-90s. I think it was 95. I think it was that really good season. Um, <clears throat> Tony Saragusa told teammates, hey, don't go to your cars. Wait for me. So they get off the plane. The coaches, they leave. They're, gone. They're on their way to the cars. They figure the players are behind them. Goose gets the players together, says, hey, come on over here. They go to another gate. They get on a charter. They bomb it back to Miami immediately. They're in Indianapolis, like less than 15 minutes. They get off the plane, hang a U, get on another plane, go back to Miami, have a night, I'm not going to say debauchery, but let's say team bonding. All right? And then they get on the plane, and they come back to Indianapolis, and they land at about 8 in the morning. Team meetings are at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. They hustle like hell to get into their cars. They haul ass to the Colts complex, which is not that far from the uh, from the airport. They get to the play to the team complex just in time for the morning meeting, and none of them have had even a wink sleep. That was Ter Tony Saragusa. He was not tired after a game at Miami, getting on the plane, flying back to Indianapolis. No. What he wanted to do was go back to Miami and have a hell of a good time with his teammates and that kind of thing. That is uh, kind of, that's the off-field legacy of Tony Saragusa. I saw him the night before the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh come back to the team hotel in like a camel's hair coat, dressed to the nines at about 11 that night. Didn't look worse for the wear, but it looked like he was the mayor of Pittsburgh. He had a a coterie of people around him walked back into the hotel like, you know what, I'm Tony freaking Saragusa, and I own this town, and anybody who thinks they're going to get in my team's way, even in my town, to go to the Super Bowl is out of their minds. He just had that kind of thing with it. He had a lust for life and a lust for football, and he's dead at 55, and it's terribly tragic. Hate to see stuff like you hate to see anybody die at any age but especially at 55 especially somebody who lived life in the way that tony saragusa did a great colt seven years a colt five years a raven a really good defensive tackle but a, a more fun guy and there are tony saragusa stories that i uh, i will not tell that i've heard i didn't live any of them with him which is a shame and i feel uh, i feel like i missed something 
in not being able to do that. Uh, 22 career sacks in 169 games. He played every Sunday. Uh, let's talk about the NBA draft. The Indiana Pacers are scheduled to select sixth. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what should happen. Here's what's going to happen. And uh, the tough part of this, the tough part of trading up from six to four, is that the Knicks also want to trade up, but they want to trade up from 11 to four to get Jaden Ivey. People want Jaden Ivey. They understand the unicorn aspect of Jaden Ivey as a basketball player. He has speed that nobody else in this draft has. And if you got speed, you, you can create separation. And if you can create separation and you can shoot at all, you're going to be able to score in the NBA. And on the other end, he's got length and speed, and that's going to keep his opposing number from scoring. Jaden Ivey is a they talk about chet holmgren being a unicorn in this draft i think ivy is a unicorn if i was a general manager and i had the number one pick i'm taking ivy i think ivy is going to affect the game more dynamically and for a longer period of time than chet holmgren but when you're when you're bidding against the knicks to trade up in the draft the knicks are capable of anything james dolan is nuts you like dealing with the net, the Knicks. You don't like bidding against the Knicks with somebody else because the Knicks are likely to do what is patently stupid and overpay, and Kevin Pritchard doesn't want to overpay to go from six to four. This is why the lottery is really, really important. So the Pacers at six, I think they're going to be the surviving team. I think they're going to be the one to win the bidding and go up to four, make a deal with the Kings, and get Jaden Ivey. You've got Jabari Smith going one, Chet Holmgren likely going two, Paolo Boncaro going number three, Ivy going four. I believe to the Pacers. If the Pacers stay at six, there are a bunch of guys. There are some high-risk guys. There are some low-risk guys, and there are a bunch of guys in between. Keegan Murray, if he doesn't go number five at six, you know what you get with Keegan Murray, kind of a T.J. Warren-type guy. That's okay. That's not bad. You kind of know what you're going to get. It's going to be all right. He's a, an okay shooter. He's an okay defender. He does. He did things for Iowa. Big Ten, you know, one of the best players in the Big Ten this past year at Iowa as a sophomore coming out. He's going to be a fine NBA player, but his, it's his floor that's attractive, not his ceiling. Then you got a guy like Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp is long, he's 6'6", he's got all the measurables, but nobody knows how much he likes to play basketball. Is he a guy who just wants to be in the NBA, who covets being in the NBA, and that's the entire thing for him? Or is he a guy who's going to get to the NBA and suddenly turn it on and become really, really competitive and covet winning? When we talked to him after his workout here in Indianapolis, there wasn't a lot of talk about winning and about competing. It was about playing in the NBA. I don't like guys who talk about playing in the NBA. I like guys who talk about winning in the NBA, and Shaden Sharp isn't one of them. He chose not to play for Kentucky. He, he reclassed, went there for the winter and spring semester at Kentucky, and didn't compete with his teammates as Kentucky lost to St. Peter's in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. 
in overtime. That's not good to me. I want a guy who wants to compete, not protect himself as an investment, but compete, play, love the game. Then you got a guy like Dyson Daniels, who's from Australia, who's got, uh, again, plenty of measurables. Uh, a guy young, 18, 19 years old, long, and, and really over the year that he spent in the G League, really trended up and really showed that he's going to be able to play at a high level. And I loved him in the, uh, the media availability that he had. Talking to him was just uh, was wonderful. I mean, you can't have a bad interview with Dyson Daniels. First of all, it's the accent. Second of all, he knows what the hell he's talking about. He communicates at a level far beyond his age, while Shaden Sharp did not. You got guys like Benedict Maturin. You know what? might wind up being a really, really good NBA player. He was the Pac-12 player of the year as a sophomore, showed himself to be an adequate shooter, a good defender, a good rebounder. Is he the guy that maybe the Pacers are going to take at number six? Again, I don't think it's going to come down to that. I think they move up to four and they take Jaden Ivey. That's what the Pacers are going to choose to do. Uh, and in the second round, Kai Sato. Are they going to take Kai Sato? Seven foot two. He played for Adelaide last year in Australia. Got a cool tattoo. I loved talking to him two days ago. Really, really good dude. And the entire country of the Philippines, when I post a little bitty video about Kai Sato and with Kai Sato, wow, a lot of views. So from a social media standpoint, this guy is wired, and he would be the first Filipino ever in the NBA, and that'd be a cool story. Cubs won last night, fourteen to five. Again, either they win a blowout or they lose a blowout. Uh, how about Keegan Thompson last night? Really, really good. Uh, starting for the Cubs, he's seven and two for a team that's seventeen games under five hundred after playing only sixty nine games. They're twenty six and forty three. Keegan Thompson seven and two. Wisdom half both with home runs. Let's celebrate some birthdays today, Thursday. Dave Matthews tomorrow night, Saturday night, Tuesday night. Stevie Nicks was awesome at Ruoff. So if you're headed out to Dave Matthews uh, this weekend, maybe I'll see you. Uh, Lennon Crisp, happy birthday. The great Bob Gladson. Uh, we work together at WIBC. Gary Loveless, the great Terry Tiernan. Wow, would this be? He's been with the Pacers forever. What a great birthday present for Terry Tiernan. If Kevin Pritchard is able to pull off the trade and get Jaden Ivey with the fourth overall pick. There are going to be surprises in this draft, by the way. You know, it's not, it's not com completely a fait accompli that the top three are going to be Smith, Holmgren, and bon Boncaro. Uh, Michael O'Laughlin, happy birthday, and Chris Weiss, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that is best done with an honest and specific compliment. We need to lift each other not pull each other down, not find reasons to distrust each other, but find reasons not to worry about the behavior of them, but worry about how our behavior can lift them. How about that? We'll talk about it a little bit later today, and we'll preview the draft. We'll be at the draft, not at the draft in Brooklyn tonight. Scott Agnes will be there from Fieldhouse Files, but we'll be at the uh, St. Vincent Center with the media rabble. They feed us nicely, the Pacers do, and then we get a chance to talk to a bunch of people. 
during the night. We'll be there, and, and we'll share that with you. Promise.